Calgary. Oh my goodness. What have you done? What did you do? You done did the thing, didn't you? Oh, you did it. You did it. Nassim the Dream is a goddamn flame. Oh my goodness. Calgary, how are you feeling about that? I think, I know the sting is still there, but um, out of nowhere, you guys uh, turned this one, on, this one around really, really quickly. I am, wow. Uh, Islanders fans, if you're uh, listening out there, I, I'm sorry. I feel like you guys had a really rough summer or really rough last, like, year or so or I don't know maybe it's been like longer than that because those are some really hard losses that you took there in the playoffs but at least you made it deep into the playoffs you know us Leaf fans would kill to have that kind of a run but anyway Nazem Kadri oh my goodness he is now property of the Calgary Flames for the next seven years I um yeah my reaction I was a little bit stunned because I thought it was all but done that Nazem Kadri was going to be a Islander for the 7x7, seven seven, and then out of nowhere, just my buddy Cal, he was just like, Kadri's a Leaf. Or he's not. <laughs> I wish he was a Leaf. That would have been way crazier. <laughs> no, Kadri is a flame. And I was like, excuse me? And he's like, yes. And he got the 7x7. Seven seven. I was like, no fucking way. So Nazem Kadri, property of the Calgary Flames, seven years, $49 million. Kadri's getting paid. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Keep the change. But uh, seven years, $7 million per. I mean, yeah, that's going to sting a little bit in those later years when because I think he's like 32 now. So, um, yeah, seven years, uh, apparently you want him until he's 39. But Calgary is definitely in a win-now mode. And adding Kadri, Huberdeau, Uyghur, goodness. I mean, a lot of additions, two major losses, yes, but I feel like the additions are, I think you compensated fairly well there. I mean, Kadri, he's good. He's got some meanness to him. He's he's similar to Kachuk, uh, Kachuk, bleh, Kachuk but um, I, I don't know. Kachuk definitely has a, a higher upside right now because he's younger and he already had, he had a 100-point season last year plus, so... Yeah, Kadri, and on top of that, I don't know if Kadri, like, you guys tell me, what do you think? Is Kadri going to hit the numbers that he did in in Colorado last year? Me, personally, I don't think he's going to do that. Now, I don't think he's going to do badly. I hope, I hope, like, I don't think he's going to go all the way back down to, like, 50 points or something. I think he's going to fall somewhere in between that, like, 70, 75 points or something. Because you have to remember that he's going into a completely different system. He's going into the, the, the what is it, the Suter system, and uh, yeah, it's a little bit more defensive, but I think Kadri's still going to fit into his system really well, I just think that his points are definitely going to take a little bit of a dip, because uh, yeah, well, he's not going to have also, he's not going to have those elite wingers that he was accustomed to there in Colorado, and it was a a career year, it was a a salary or a, a contract year, so I think everything just came up Kadri that last year, you know, coming up Millhouse. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be hitting those numbers because that was just an absolutely crazy season. And up until that point, I mean, he hasn't – he's had, f- like, little flashes of that in Toronto that he could maybe be that point-of-game player. And then Colorado, I don't believe up until that point he was a point-of-game. But this year he got that opportunity because McKinnon missed some time, got some top-line minutes. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, uh, friggin' um, – Jesus – what am I trying to say here? I don't even know. 
On top of that, though, uh, Sean Monaghan was sacrificed for the Nazem Kadri. Uh, Sean Monaghan had a really, really bad season, and um, it's been going through a lot of injury problems over the last few years, but the Habs got him for free. Calgary receiving future considerations. I feel like he's probably going to fit into that bottom six somewhere. You know, considerations has been, you know, in the league for the last... 115 years or however long the NHL's been making trades, but um, you know, solid player, solid player. But uh, oh my God, Nazem Kadri uh, could very well become uh, an instant classic in Calgary. I think uh, the fans are going to enjoy him very much, at least in the first half of, of of his tenure there. Maybe it won't be so sweet in the second half unless they win a cup. Then you guys probably won't give a shit, right? That's what I'm talking about. But Nazem Kadri is a fucking Calgary flame. How do you guys think he's going to fit into the team? Where do you think he's going to slot into the lineup? I still think he's going to slot into that second line spot. But, uh, cause you know, Lindholm is the fucking man there. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, there was another, there are a few other signings. The Islanders finally have a pulse. Everybody, they're alive. They made, of course, just three signings all, all at the same time. So you got Alexander Romanov signing a three-year deal worth $7.5 million, $2.5 million per season. I actually really like that deal. That's a solid deal right there. If Romanov, you know, I think he's going to fit in. Well, no, it's a whole, a whole new system, a whole new coach. So, I don't know. This guy could explode there in in New York. He could with a with a new opportunity. He may be able to get more time here in um, in the islands. So hopefully he can pop off, and that would be a really good pickup for the Islanders. Uh, Noah Dobson. He also gets a three year deal. His worth twelve million dollars in total. Four million dollars per season. That's a really solid signing as well. He had a real breakout season last year. So if he can just capitalize on that maybe even get even better that's gonna look like a real nice three-year uh deal right there but after that three years you're gonna have to get paid but four million that's a very nice deal Kiefer bellows gets a one-year 1.2 million dollars he didn't really pop off at all last year but he still shows that flash of uh that he can be a goal scorer he's still pretty young so uh, we're not they're not giving up on him just yet so he he could very well break out this season uh, Gregor signs a $950,000 one-year deal with the uh, with the San Jose Sharks. And then the final signing, Paul Stasny signs a contract with the Carolina Hurricanes. They pick up yet another piece to their forward group. Uh, it's going to be it's a pretty nice-looking forward group right now, even though they lost Spaghetti, which is, uh, I, I think I have to talk about that. I don't believe that was mentioned in the last... Uh, I was going to say video. I was, I was trying to stop myself. <laughs> the last podcast... But, um, yeah, so losing Spaghetti, a.k.a. Pacioretty, I call him Spaghetti. Uh, Sadly, he got a tendon tear, so he's going to be out for a long time. I think it was six months, so that's fucking tragic. Thank God Calgary picked him up for absolutely nothing, so I think they'll easily be able to make it into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, if if Pacioretty, Spaghetti, comes in late into the season maybe gets in there like the last month of the season, you know, get back into the groove. He could be a very solid playoff addition, basically like treated as a playoff, like a trade line uh, acquisition. That's uh, sadly, he won't get a full season. That fucking sucks. And God damn it, Spaghetti, could you just stay healthy for one goddamn thing? And it's like right after he got traded there, and it's like, it's fucking tendon. Like, oh, I don't even, I hate the Achilles tendon thing. That's so nasty. But uh, let's go take a look at the, at the trade 
the the one trade that was made from Calgary. Uh, like I said, Calgary had to make some space for a cadre to come in, so Sean Monaghan's contract was acquired uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. They also picked up a conditional first-round pick in 2025. I think the condition is that it could move to a 2026, but who cares? That's in a whole lot of years from now, so who gives a shit? But uh, damn, man, I think, that's, I think Montreal did really well this offseason. I hate to say it. But uh, my wife's asleep, so hopefully she doesn't hear that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they did pretty good, I think. They picked up a lot of centers that, um, I mean, Kirby Dock is a really nice addition. He's still very young, and, you know, if it may be too many transitions for him, but I think he'll be fine as long as he can stick and, and stay healthy and get into a good role and a nice consistent spot in their lineup, and I think he will. Uh should be good for him. Sean Monaghan as well. Uh, you know, who knows how bad the injuries are taking a toll on this guy. Uh, it's sad to say, because sad to see and say that, like, I was, like, really excited when Calgary drafted this guy. Like, I remember that draft, and I was like, ooh, like, that Sean Monaghan guy, he still wasn't taken. And I guess, like, I don't know, man. I always thought this guy was going to be a consistent 30-goal scorer in the NHL. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. That sucks. But, uh... Good on Montreal. They pick up another first-round pick. They could very well get the fucking the prize of the ball this year and get um, what is it, Connor Bedard? But I, oh my god, I would throw up. I would throw up everywhere if that happens. So let's let's just not think about that too too much. So in other fantastic news, the the World Juniors tournament has ended. Canada brings home the gold fucking rights. Now I have to sadly say I did not get to watch it. I just I just couldn't get to it. Uh, my bad. I, I watched the highlights, of course, and I was very excited. I did a little, <clears throat> a little fucking, oh, that's fucking right, Canada, fuck yeah, when I heard that they won. So I was pretty fucking amped about that. So, and also, Finland taking home the silver. Congratulations, Finland. <clears throat> Wait, was it Finland? Yeah, it was Finland, right? Let's just get the things out. Um, statistics, is that what that would be? Or standings? Let's go to standings, because that would have the thing. Yeah, the Finns get the silver medal. That's uh, good for the Finns. They put up a hell of a fight, man. Why does this always happen in these World Junior games and like just Canada games in general? They like they 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 start out really good. They get like a quick lead or something, and then late it gets tied, and then it has to go to overtime. Like I swear, this always happens, and it gets so tight, butthole. I was like, are you kidding me? Like. Why does this shit always have to go to overtime so late in the end? Thank God the Canadians score a gorgeous goal. And then that incredible save by, I believe it was McTavish. Like, dude, what a fucking performance by that guy. Oh my goodness. I will talk about him later if you... Um, I don't know if this is going to make it into the title. It may make the title too long. But we are. Go I am going to be making my predictions for one of the western conferences like the pacific we're gonna do the pacific today and next week as long like i'm i'm gonna just do more than likely i'm just gonna do the rest of them in one video because next week i'm gonna be on vacation so i'm gonna pre-record something so it's all gonna work out don't worry about it i'm just kind of waiting out as long as i can for any more crazy shit to happen like nazim kadri finally signing like who's gonna get phil kethel phil kethel still out there you know i would i would sign him if i had enough money and he can just hang out here and we can just eat hot dogs. I'll say it. We can eat. I would totally be down to eat a dog with Phil. A hot dog. Give me the hot dog. Anyway, and Sweden takes home the bronze medal. Congratulations, Sweden. Great job for you. Sadly, the USA, they got fifth place. And the Czechs are fourth place. Germany, sixth. So on, so forth. Um, yeah, dude, that, that game, like... 
I, I wish I got to see that. I don't even know if I wanted to see that heart attack of a game. Like, I don't... Oh, that just brings me back to all those of that other time and the, and the gold, the 2010, the Crosby one. Oh, my God. Ryan Miller was, was literally taking years off of my life in that, that game. Like, he was just a brick wall. He was That was probably the greatest Ryan Miller has ever been was playing for the USA in 2010. That guy... I became like just an admirer and earn like he earned my respect. Earned my respect, absolutely ridiculous. Good for good for Team Canada. Let's go take a look at the. Uh, no, now I want to go take a look at the, st the statistics because, oh my God, dude, this freaking Mc Mason McTavish, goodness gracious! And uh, I don't know how many games he played. In seven games, this guy put up eight goals. He had. And, and seven, I said that correctly. Yes, listen. Seven games, eight goals, nine assists, 17 points, only two PIMs. What a gentleman. 32 shots. He was a plus 13. Like, goodness. Like, dude, this guy has to make the Ducks roster this year. Like, like is, I just, oh, I'm excited for to see this. I'm actually, like, excited for to watch the Ducks for, like, the first time in a while. Like, I, I enjoyed the Ducks. I was a fan of the Ducks. I just really liked Bobby Ryan back then and Ryan Getzlav. And, like, yeah, I really liked those guys back then. But, um, damn, dude, fucking Mason McTavish. What a fucking, like, he, he was by far the best player in this tournament. But Joaquin Kemmel of the Finns, uh, he had a very good performance as well. Seven games, four goals, eight assists, 12 points. Like, damn, very nice. And now we, we're just going to list off. It's basically, it's all Canadians and, and Finnish players up here. You got Olin Zellweger, a defenseman from Team Canada. In seven games, he put up 11 points, two goals, nine assists. Very nice. Uh, the Stankoven, Logan Stankoven, I think he's a Dallas Stars prospect. Uh, another Canadian in seven games. He had four goals, six assists, ten points. Very nice. Atu Ratti. Hey, I know this guy. That's an Islanders guy. I remember this guy when he got drafted. I don't even know if that was this year or last year. It was really recently. But uh, he was he fell quite far down in the draft. And um, when the Islanders picked him, everyone was talking about, oh, that could be the steal of the draft. But they say that a whole bunch of times. But anyway, I think it's actually looking like Atu Ratti could be a steal from that draft. So in seven games, he had 10 points, three goals, seven assists. Um, yeah, dude, the Islanders might have uh, struck gold here. We don't know yet. Uh, so that was the top five. But, um, you know, other guys here that had really nice performances, Robbie Yarventi, you know, that's a, that's a Finnish guy. So uh, Kent Johnson also had a nice performance. I can't quite remember where he's at. It might be St. Louis or something. I don't remember. Um, well, I'm just trying to find a couple, uh, yeah, not, not very great performances here. The best United States is Thomas Bordalo in five games. He had eight points. Okay. never mind. That's that put some respect on that name. My bad, my bad. Uh, Carter Mazur from USA also had seven points or, well, he had seven points, five goals, two assists. Very nice. Uh, yeah, dude, I wish I could have watched it more. Like it was on at weird times and it's not very easily accessible even for me in Canada because I don't have a very quality TV package and I don't like to pay for cable on top of the 8,000 streaming platforms and all that bullshit. I don't have, you know, a good, I just don't have a sport package, man. Like, just leave me alone. Like, geez, uh, I watched the highlights and I was very impressed. Like, like I said, like Mason McTavish, goodness gracious. I didn't even, <clears throat> I didn't even see where was Connor Bedard in here. 
My goodness. Oh, he was down there at nine. Okay. Well, he had, he was giving himself some shit, apparently. You know, he wanted to be better, wanted to be more. But uh, he's very young, and he's still, like, he didn't have to, like, dominate. He still had a very nice performance. In seven games, he had eight points, four goals, four assists. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. He just, you know, you had Mason McTavish there just going off, and he wanted to be that guy. I completely understand. But maybe next year, man. Like, don't worry about it, man. Anyway. Okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this of this episode, this podcast, the thing that you listen to and not watch because I do not do that because I don't really understand the concept. I like sometimes I get it, but for me like what do you guys want to see? Like why would I film myself just sitting on my stool and you guys just see me in my room alone? Like there's do you, what the fuck? People like that shit? Like I mean, sometimes I I watch podcasts just because that's an option, I guess, and like sometimes when I'm writing my my exercise bike because I need to lose weight. I'm actually not that fat, but anyway. Um, so yes, that is all the news that I wanted to talk about. So yes, let's get into the meat and potatoes. Let's get into my Pacific division preview slash predictions. I'm going to go through the whole Pacific division. I'm going to tell you, we're going to go through their teams. Not every, we're just, we're going to go through like their top six, top four new people, people that left the team uh, sorry, Calgary. We got to go through that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you guys got Kadri, so it's okay. You got fucking... Come on. He's so cute. I think... Oh, one thing I did want to touch on. My friend Cal sent me a really funny picture of Lou Lamorello not getting, you know, what he wanted. Uh, let me see if I could just find this... Oh, is that it? Nope. Nope. There it is. So, you know, over the last little while, Lou Lamorello has been losing a lot of big fish recently. You know, they were in on Panarin back in the day. They didn't get him. The, they thought they were going to be able to keep John Tavares. They didn't. They weren't able to keep him. They were in on Johnny Goudreau, apparently. They weren't able to get him. And they. I thought they had a, a Kadri completely locked up, done deal, and no, they didn't get him. So what the fuck is going on? Is there something going on with Lou Lamorello? With Kadri, was it straight up just the beard thing? And Tavares, was it really just the pajamas? Was it really all about the pajamas and the bedding? Like, was that your true calling? You wanted to be a Leaf because you had... I have tons of Leaf bedding. Like, don't even get me started. And I'm not a Toronto Maple Leaf. And Johnny Goudreau, like... You, you, like that's pretty close to home for Johnny and then he still ended up going to Columbus so like and he can't even grow a beard like right so not a good one anyway he's got Crosby beard hair so it's just nasty looking um so like what's going on with Lou Lamorello is like he finally like maybe this is it for him like after if this season doesn't like maybe this is going to be it for Lou like if shit doesn't go well for the Islanders this season which it may not because they didn't acquire what they wanted they're starting to sign people now so maybe they can get a Fuketo they you know Fuketo's still good you know he doesn't really score anymore but he's still dish you know all day and he can still crush sodas like like no other NHLer in history because like Guys, something else anyway. But, yeah, what do you guys think about Lou Lamorello? Do you think he's going to be fired? Do you think he's just going to retire, fire, retire? Because he's been in the league since, like, 1915. I think he was actually born in an NHL rink. Like, he was just appeared from underneath the ice and was just... He was everything to New Jersey. He did everything. He coached. He fired himself and then hired himself and made himself the coach and the GM and just won a bunch of cups. But right now, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was maybe it for him. And he's just like, ah, fuck it. Like, people don't fucking listen to me anymore. And they're starting to call me old. And I'm, I'm not with it anymore. So maybe he's going to be old man shaking fist at Cloud and, and this year. And 
I don't know. I think I don't know if the Islanders. I don't think I don't know if it, it was a good idea to to let go Barry Trotz. Like I think it was just down to a very disastrous se- season, and I don't think they really needed to react that that badly. Like I don't think it was his fault. It was uh, the fact that the Islanders were on the road for like the first twenty fucking games of the season, Lou. Like give him a fucking break. So I think that might come back to bite him, and uh, we'll see with the new coach and the new system. Maybe Barzell goes off and gets 187 points. Who knows what happens, and the Islanders get first place, and they win the next seven cups in a row, and they completely shove it up my hoop. That could very well happen. I don't know. But, um, yeah, man, I think Lou, you know, I think you should retire, dog. Just, like, let someone else take over. You've had your time. You've done You've – you're a legend. You're a first ballot Hall of Fame GM whatever. So – or you can just come back and, you know, hang out with the Leafs again and maybe help, like, you know, scare Marner and tell him, like, to give him some money back or something because we paid him too much. Anyway, let's get into the predictions. Let's start with you, Calgary, because this is your episode. And I fucking, I'm so happy for you guys because you guys went through so much pain. And now you can finally uh, be cool with it. Can I ask you guys a question, Calgary Flames fan? Um, I was on the NHL shop the other day while I was on the train. Uh, going to uh, the, my first ever Raw WWE live event. So if you when you guys will hear about that, but you have to go listen to the WrestleCast this week if you want to hear about my my wife and I's first ever live WWE event. So you're gonna have to wait until the weekend to hear how how it went. So um, yeah, on the way uh, up there, I was, we we're on the train and I was looking at jerseys you know it was the off season and sometimes they have really good jersey deals i was like hmm, i don't have a calgary flames uh jersey and i've always wanted one so badly i've always wanted like an aginla aginla uh that would be the best the best case ontario would be an aginla one but i was on the shop and i was looking through and they had a sale on goudreau and and maddie kachuk jerseys now calgary flames fans would it be cool with you guys if i got one maybe uh, a Goudreau, or I was thinking Kachuk, just because, um, uh, I know that one hurted maybe a little bit more, because he was just like, fuck this shit, I'm out, I want out, but, um, if it'd be cool with you guys if I got one, just so then I can have a Flames one, and also, if I come visit you guys in Calgary, would it be key if I wore my Kachuk one, and just, just pretend that I bought it when he was a Flame, and then we can all be key, so anyway, yeah, if that's cool with you guys, uh, let me know, because they're like 99, like 90 bucks, for like the, the pro authentic, authentic ones, and they have like the cool black and red ones, they're, they're so fucking cool, and yeah, they have like blank ones, with for like a 120 but like why would i pay more for a blank when i can get like a cool name on it and like what a cool name it like kachuk that's such cool and it's got number 19 i love the number 19 so please guys let me know can i get one please 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 i'll even take one of your guys if you want to get rid of one i'll take it like i'll take it i'll just hang it up calgary flame logo side out and then we don't have to look at the name on the back and i i won't wear it that often i swear i won't wear it I swear, I was just hanging it up. I just wanted to look cool. I want my room to look cool. Okay, sorry. We'll get to the Flames predictions. I'm sorry. I just wanted to ask you guys a question. Okie dokie. Let's get to the Flames. So, obviously, out this season, they lost Johnny Goudreau. And, yes, they last they lost uh, Maddie Kachuk and Kelly. I think it's Kelly Yonkroak. And Good Branson. So, I think, I like, I liked Good Branson in the Flames. But, I mean, how could he resist the absorbent amount of money that the Columbus Blue Jackets were offering? Like, I don't blame him for going. And because there's no way the Flames are going to give him four-plus million dollars. Are you out of your fucking mind, Columbus? Like, oh, my goodness. 
business. I hope he's good for you, but wow, that's a, a such crazy amount of money. Okay, let's get get to some of the good stuff. So the ins. So you got uh, the new guy, the new guy that we we're just talking about, Nazem Kadri. Thank you very much. I think he's going to slot in very nicely into the second line center spot. Like I said, now you guys tell me what you think of the winger. Uh, situation. I'm not. Ju I'm not telling you what the lines are. I'm just telling you who I think the best six players are. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm just going by kind of cap friendly and by what they have listed. And I've made adjustments where I thought adjustments were needed. But uh, Calgary Flames, man, they're 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 deepish. I mean, they're not the deepest on forward. They're good. Like they're not the deepest team in the world. But they're fucking. Oh, they got probably one of the best defensive cores that I can see uh, in the league. So. Uh, in, you got Nazem Kadri, you got Johnny Huberdeau, who, uh, uh, according to NHLShop.com, he's going to be wearing number 10. Is that correct? Is that what he's going to be wearing? What the hell did he wear in, uh, um, what the hell, you, where was he? Florida. Wasn't he 11 or something? I guess number 10's pretty cool, but, like, should have went with something, I think he should have wore 19. That would have been funny. Like, he was, like, or he should have wore, like, Goudreau, or, uh, Kachuk, or, what the fuck? is his name yeah Goudreau's number geez don't get so mad it's okay it's okay so the other guy that's in is Mackenzie Weger obviously we uh, don't believe he, he hasn't signed a contract yet so you got him for at least this year so at least you got Huberto so it doesn't matter you got Huberto locked up so if Weger walks he walks but as long as he gives you one really good season it could be his best season of all time because it is in fact a contract year so he could very well get like I don't know at minimum 117 points so we'll have to wait and see uh rooney they also added as well i believe he'll be a depth forward or possibly a bottom six anyway let's talk about the top six so their top six from what i can see <clears throat> you can tell me about the last guy uh so you got huberdo lintome uh Tifoli, possibly or mangiapani could also be up there but you also got nazim kadri mangiapani and possibly blake coleman um, I think they have a really solid top six. Uh, one of the better ones in the Pacific Division for sure. Um, I would also like to look at who, who uh, what other guys they have in their uh, in the depth. So let's pull up good old-fashioned cap friendly. Just always got to have that bad boy ready to go. So let's take a look. So they still got Milan Lucic. They have fucking Michael Backlund, who is going to be a sexy third-line center, man. Dylan Dubé could very well have a solid season as well. He could break out. I think Trevor Lewis is a solid bottom six player. Uh, Jacob Peltier could very well possibly make the team. He's a young player. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all of them for right now. Adam Ruzica, I don't really know who that is. And then your defense, bro. Your defense, oh, my God, I love it. It's so nice. You got Noah Hannafin, could have had a Finn, Rasmus Anderson, Christopher Tanev, Zadorov, Mackenzie Wieger, Oliver Shillington, and Huso Valimaki. Like, wow. <clears throat> so even if one of those guys goes down, uh, I don't know who's going to not make the team. It's more than likely, like he's going to make the team, like more than likely, but I don't know if he's going to be a very everyday player because they're fucking top down. They're like pretty much got all top four, like high-ish top four defense. They're just all very solid defensemen. Very, very good. Uh, yeah, I really like their defensive core. It's very tasty. Okay, and back to it. Uh, so I think, honestly, they probably have the best uh, defensive core in their division because it's so deep 
And with Uyghur coming in, like it just made it that much better. A healthy Tanev back in the lineup is going to make a huge difference. If um, Shillington can take another step this season, he took a really nice step last season. If he can build on that or at least stay the same, that's that's fantastic. And on top of that, um, what's his face? Anderson had a really nice season as well. He's been like kind of underrated for a little while here. And then, of course, the goalie tandem is Markstrom and Vladar. I think that's also the best tandem in their division. Uh, that's a very, like, Markstrom is so amazing during the regular season. Yeah, he hasn't been amazing for you yet in the playoffs, but uh, I also think Vladar is very underrated. I hope they play him more this season so that you let Markstrom go into the playoffs with a little bit more energy because I think he just played too much last season. And Vladar was awesome, man. Like, I, I remember using him a lot in fantasy because he's just a really great, like, he just didn't play enough was, was the problem, so you couldn't keep him on the roster. Uh, anyway, they still apparently have $2 million in cap space. I don't know how they manage that, so good for them. I don't think, like, signing Uyghur should be a problem because you have Lucic coming off, and that's, like, $6 million. So you can throw that money at Uyghur. So I, I hope he'll stay because as long as he's good this year. Okay. And uh, where do I think they're going to finish in the Pacific? Well, I think they're going to finish first. Why? Because I think they're the deepest team uh, defensively. They got the strongest goaltending. And as long as Huberdo and Kadri and all the new additions, they click with the new system uh, fast. And you don't have, like, Huberto going on, like, it would be a nightmare if he went on, like, seven-game pointless streak out of the gate. That would just crush his confidence and shit. So, as long as the new additions come out and they play good, I, I don't think it'll be a problem. Like, I think Huberto and Lindholm is going to be a really nasty combo. As long And Mangiapane is just an animal anyway. He, I don't know if he's going to put up 35 goals again, but... If he does, he does. That'd be amazing. But regardless, he's a hardworking player. He's going to be fantastic in the lineup. And if Coleman can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a very, very solid player, especially in the Suter lineup. So, yeah, I think these guys are going to be finishing first in the Pacific. I think they finished first last year as well. So, yeah, I think they're going to be finishing first again this year. It was it was quite actually tough between this team or the Flames and the next team. And the next team I'm talking about is the Edmonton Oilers. So they had a kind of a, a big outs, lots of outs this season. So Mike Smith appears to not be playing this season. I think he's retired. Uh, Miko Koskinen went back to play in Europe, I believe. Zach Cassian is out. Duncan Keith retired. Broussard, I think, is retired as well. I don't know if he retired as well. And Kyle Turris fucking retired. So, yeah, I didn't talk about that. Kyle Turris retired. Uh, you know, sadly, I, I don't. I wish he just didn't leave Ottawa. He was he was a pretty fucking good-ass player in Ottawa, man. I remember that guy would rip some nasty-ass, like, bar-dizzle goals that just made me cream. But he was on Ottawa, so I couldn't help but hate him. And then he got traded, and then it just, like, he just never got it in Nashville, man. Like, they just sucked the life out of him in Nashville. He just... And then he retired, so that's that's sad to say. But he had a really solid career, man. He played, like, over 700 games, had, like, 450 points. Like, that's a solid-ass career. Anyway, so they had some... Uh, so they got rid of a whole bunch of goaltending. So the goaltending's been revamped by adding Jack Soup Campbell. You motherfuckers. You stole him from Toronto. And they also added uh, Yanmark. Uh, I believe he'll be a middle six forward for you guys, probably bottom six. I'm not really sure. It all depends what they're what they're going to be doing with Yamamoto and Pugliarvi. If they have, if they haven't traded him already by the time this comes out, I have no idea what's going on with that guy. I feel bad for the poor guy. Like Jesus, they treat him so badly. 
And, uh, yeah, that's all the additions right now. Their top six is fucking, you know, stacked because they got McDavid, Dreisaitl. They added Evander Kane last season, and he was a monster since they added him. So I I can't imagine if this guy just – I feel like he's going to stay out of trouble. Cross Like, I have no idea. I probably just jinxed it. I'm sorry. But as long as he stays out of trouble, I can't see this guy hitting anything lower than 40 goals if he plays a full healthy season with McDavid and or Dreisaitl. Like, are you kidding me? He's a freaking – really good player like yeah he's a douchebag or whatever but man he's a really good player and i think playing on the wing with mcdavid and uh or dry style he's going to be disgusting and they have hyman who is just a workhorse he was amazing for him last season they have kaylor yamamoto and the nuge so i know the nuge probably won't be i don't know where he's going to slot in he's i, I think he's slot he's going to slot into that third line center role but I, he also gets thrown up on the wing so he's going to be he's a very good ut- utility player holy i think i just had a little seizure right there i'm sorry about that but uh yeah he's a very very solid uh utility player yeah he's not the greatest first overall pick but he's developed really solidly into a very solid player overall you know, he's not McDavid or Dreisaitl, but fucking he's a very solid player. And he's beloved. I think, I, I believe Edmonton Oilers love him. I like him. And their top four is looking, eh, not, not great, but, uh, yeah, just not great. I mean, they got Darnell Nurse, who had, like, a mess season last year. He was hurt a lot. So as long as he can come back healthy, he's a he's an absolute monster. Sadly, I think the nine, nine and a half, $9, $9.5 contract kicks in this season. So that's a fucking ouch. Uh, I don't know how that one's going to work out. I uh, don't think fans are very happy about that one. You got Tyson Berry. He can't play defense, but he can put up points. Cody Cece can't really play defense or do anything for that matter. But I think he's been he's been at least better for the Oilers than he was for the, the Leafs. Because, uh, yeah, he fucking sucked for the Leafs. And then you got Evan Bouchard, who's actually a really solid uh, def- uh, defenseman. I don't know how good he is defensively, but he can put up some points. I, I actually streamed this guy for the full fantasy season that I had. He just he was able to stay in my lineup for the whole season. So, yeah, I think they're one of the more mid-ranking defenses in the Pacific Division. It's not the worst, though. It's definitely not the worst, but it's not the best. Because, uh, I don't know, man. Like, Tyson Berry, he just can't play the fucking fence, man. He just can't. Like, he's the only defenseman in history to, like, have the most points as a defenseman and not get nominated for the Norris because everyone knows how bad he is defensively. Even he fucking knows it. But he's a really disgusting passer, and he's got a bomb on the on the point. So he is what he is. He's a, uh, a power play specialist. Their goalie tandem looks like Campbell Soup, and uh, I think they're going to be doing Skinner unless something happens, but I don't know how they're going to do that because they have no cap space. Uh, but regardless of that, uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl are on a mission. They're going to drag this team kicking or screaming. I think they'll be finishing second in the division. Uh, as long as Soupy can play well, and I think, uh, you know, if he can just get that nice new boost of a new team like he did when he came to Toronto and he just goes off and could pull off a 950 this season, yeah, he'd be fucking phenomenal. Wins a Vesna. I'd, I'd throw up a little bit in my mouth, and I'd be a little disgusted by that, but I'd be very hap- happy for... Jack Campbell, and I'll be very mad at Dubas because uh, he made the biggest mistake of his fucking career, uh, getting rid of S- a Soupy. But uh, we'll have to just wait and see. It's gonna be a really fun season, man. Like I'm getting excited, aren't you guys? Because it's almost here. We're getting there. It's almost September, so we're getting closer and closer to the season. So I'm hoping that I'm able to get my full predictions out. Well, I'll definitely have them out before fucking October, but you know, hopefully before all of them come out. Anyway. Um, yeah, so they have no cap space, but I still think they're going to be a very good team. 
as long as soup i think soup is still an upgrade over the tandem last year just because mike smith was so fucking old and and koskinen was so inconsistent uh, next, we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Kings. So they lost not very much. They didn't actually have a lot of turnover this season. So uh, they only lost Dustin Brown to retirement and Troy Stetcher moved off. I don't think he played much in the lineup anyway. So they didn't really lose anything. And they made one big addition to their roster this season, and that is Kevin Fiala. He signed a massive ticket worth just shy of $8 million per season. He was disgusting for Minnesota last season. He was like just shy of a point a game player if not a point-of-game player. So uh, I think uh, I think he's going to be a point-of-game player again as long as he stays healthy for the Los Angeles Kings. I can't see him not playing with Kopitar for a little bit. I don't know if they're going to put him with Deneau, but um, he's going to be very solid. It was just a ridiculously solid pickup for them. And on top of that, uh, with their top six, they have Kopitar, uh, Kempe, who was, I mean, he was on fire the first half, and he was ice cold in the second half. Couldn't fucking put that puck in the net, but I think he still was able to put 30 in the net. So he's a solid goal scorer. He's just got to be able to be more, a little bit more consistent. They also have Victor Arvidsson, who I forgot they they had, they added. I think he was hurt a bit last year, but he's a very solid player. Of course, they added Kevin Fiala. We talked about him, and then. Um, Philip Deneau, they added, who had a ridiculously good season last year. I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, do that again. I think he scored 30 goals, which I don't think any Montreal Canadian fan saw coming. But, wow, uh, if he can do that again, that's an amazing thing for the LA Kings. And then I just put in Trevor Moore because he was a former Leaf and he had a really good season last year. He was really, really solid. And I think that the LA Kings have um, one of the better forward groups they also have Quentin Byfield who could very well pop off I can't believe people are already calling this kid a bust that's outrageous he could very well put up 40 to 50 points and make his way into the top six this season just just wait and see I'm a fan of him I think he should be really good uh, their top four is looking kind of questionable they have Drew Doughty who's on IR right now I don't know what his availability will be at the beginning of the season but right now he's on IR listed as anyway they have Sean Dursey, but he's unsigned as of right now. He played very, very well for them last season. Kind of sad that the Leafs gave him up, but we did get Jake Muzzin, I think, in that deal. So, yeah, I guess it was pretty worth it. Muzzin's unreal, but, you know, I kind of like Sean Dursey over Muzzin right now, I guess. Uh, they also have Alex Edler, who's a pretty damn solid defenseman. He had a pretty good season for them last year. And Matt Waugh, who's a very underrated defenseman. He's very solid. I think they also have one of the better defensive cores, I guess. That would also that would have to depend on uh, the availability of Drew Doughty, who was having a monster beginning of the season last year because he wanted to make Team Canada and then got hurt. So as long as he can stay healthy, you know, that's going to be I'm going to be saying that a lot. Uh, but as long as Drew Doughty stays healthy, I think he's going to bounce back very well. Uh, their tandem is Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson. Peterson had a really rough season. Uh, he was supposed to pop off last season. That's what everyone was hoping for. He didn't quite get there, so maybe this season he pops off. Or he may get worse. And Quick ain't getting any younger. He's more of a playoff kind of goalie. He can really give you those big performances. He's more of that kind of style. And Cal Peterson's supposed to kind of carry the load throughout the regular season, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, their, their goaltending's a little bit questionable. But, uh, yeah, it'll have to depend on how good Cal Peterson is this season. And their cap space, they only have $1.5 million remaining. So, yeah, not too much left to spend. 
And uh, honestly, I think they're going to be finishing third in the Pacific. Uh, I think uh, the fact that I know they lost uh, Dustin Brown, but they added in Kevin Fiala, so their scoring is going to be more lethal. Dano is disgusting on defense, so was Kopitar. And like I said, if Drew Doughty has a full, healthy season, uh, yeah, he could be back to that like Norris form. I don't know if he's ever going to be you know, that high of a level ever again, but he could still, you know, get uh, some nominations, like maybe be in that top 10 again. Uh, he's still very solid. He's just kind of fallen. He's just lost the passion a little bit, but now that they're going back into the playoffs, he can be really, really fired up. And then as long as Cal Peterson can bounce back, uh, Cal Peterson can be a very good starting goaltender, but last season wasn't very good for him. So as long as he can bounce back, they should finish third in the Pacific, I'm thinking. But this is just my my thinks and thoughts. Like You guys can tell me what you guys think or think if I'm wrong. And you could definitely tell me if I'm wrong with the next team, because the next team we're talking about the Las Vegas Golden Nets, baby. Oh, my goodness. So they lost, um, they lost a lot of salary cap, but they also lost a couple quality players and Max Pacioretty lost him to Carolina for nothing. And then Dadanoff Dadanoff went to Montreal, I think. I don't know. He's not in Las Vegas anymore. He's gone. He got dumped off uh, twice, <laughs> but the first time it didn't work. So the second time did work, in fact. Uh, and then in, the only thing that they added was Shea Weber's contract from the Montreal Canadiens so that they can squeeze in a little bit of salary cap through the long-term injury reserve. So, yeah, they're really fucking desperate because they have zero cap space. Their top six is looking pretty decent. They got Jack Eichel. As long as Jack Eichel can get back into form, uh, he should be he should be very good this season. Hopefully get back to that point of game, Jack Eichel, that dominant-looking Jack Eichel. I think last season was a was a mulligan. You know, how was he going to come back and just be dominant after he missed so much time, right? And uh, that tragedy that he went through in Buffalo. And then, like, yeah, Vegas just had a really, really rough season. They have Riley Smith, uh, Marchizo, uh, Marchiso, the Marshmallow. You got Mark Stone, the captain. He's unreal. As long as he can stay, you know, all, all around the whole team, they just got to stay healthy. Uh, Mark Stone is a beast, absolute monster. They got William Carlson and Nicholas Waugh, who is one of their younger players. I don't know if he's going to be making the top six or he's going to be like third line, but uh, I have their their forwards ranked uh, one of the one of the higher ends. Um, as long as everybody can stay healthy, then yeah, they have one of the better forwards in the Pacific. And if Ico can get back to his form, then yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, their top four is really good. I like their their defense is solid. They got. Petrangelo, Martinez, as long as Martinez is healthy. Uh, Shea Theodore is a monster. He's a very, he's a Norris quality, you know, a Norris nominee, top 10 uh, defenseman in the league. And Braden, I think it's Braden, I don't know, McNabb. Uh, he's a, he's very solid as well. Very good defensive defenseman. He's still got a lot, in the, he's still got a bit in the tank anyway. He's getting older, but he's still, he sh- st- should still be fine. Oh my goodness. Uh, they definitely have, uh, after Calgary, they got the, the second best defense, in my opinion. Uh, Pedrangelo is a monster. Martinez is very, very good when he's healthy. And Shea Theodore is a monster all around. He's just a beast. And the big problem, though, that I think they're going to have this season is going to be their goaltending. Uh, like I said in the last video or podcast, Jesus, uh, the last podcast, Robin Leonard uh, is injured and he's going to be missing the whole entire season. So that was a massive blow to the lineup. Uh, yeah, that's going to hurt. Uh, so they're going to go with Thompson and Boiswat. 
Uh, I don't think that's a very solid tandem. As uh, you know, Thompson had flashes of being very good uh, the, to show that he was a starting goaltender, but he's very young and he hasn't played a full season yet, so that could very well come back in their face and explode. Uh, but Swat, he's um, I don't know, man. He has been a fringe. Fringe goalie, fringe backup goaltender. He's he's fine. He'll he he can get the job done as a backup. He can be a, he's an okay backup. But yeah, that that goaltending tandem isn't very strong looking. If it was Robin Leonard and Thompson, that'd be much much better. I guess I don't know because Robin Leonard hadn't played that good either, and he's had a lot of beef with the Vegas Golden Knights. So I don't know what's going on with that. He may end up getting traded as well. Who knows? It's Vegas, baby. They do whatever the fuck they want. Cap space, they obviously have no fucking cap space, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to just miss. I think they're going to be hopped by another team, and they're going to finish fifth in the Pacific. How do you like them apples? I don't think they're going to make it. I don't think that goaltending tandem is going to hold up. And, uh, yeah, I just think uh, the overall voodoo over Vegas right now is really shining through, and I think it's gonna. Exp- I think the locker room is going to explode, and uh, they're going to fall apart at the seams a little bit here this season. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. What do you guys think? You think they're going to make the playoffs? You think I'm wrong? You think I should shut up about the Vegas Golden Knights, huh? Huh? Well, I won't. I'm not going to. Actually, I will, because we're done. Uh, we're going to go with the uh, Vancouver Canucks are next. Uh, they had a few outs, a few outies this season. Uh, Yaroslav Halak, goaltender, is gone. He had a terrible season anyway. Chason is gone, even though he was actually doing kind of well. But, I don't know, it was just it was just time for him to go. They also lost Lamico, Highmore, and Brendan Suter is finally gone. They lost that massive contract. Too bad they didn't get him to come back for a cheaper deal, but oh well. Uh, in they got fucking Mikheyev. They signed to a big deal. We'll have to wait and see if he's going to be good enough to be in the top six. He's been looking for that opportunity for a long time in Toronto. We weren't able to give him that consistently, and he showed flashes. Yeah, last year that he could be a very good goal scorer, but I just think he lacked the consistency. So we'll have to wait and see. I hope he can prove me wrong because I like Mikheyev. They also added Curtis Curtis Lazar. That's a solid uh, bottom six forward addition. They also got this Dakota Joshua kid who uh, apparently they're pretty high on. Uh, they think they're he's going to make the lineup, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Top six is looking pretty decent. They got JT Miller, who was who could get traded. We don't know. He's been in trade rumors for the longest time now, but uh, he's as long if he's in this lineup, he's very he's been very very good as a Vancouver Canuck. They obviously got Pedersen. He's been up and down, a little inconsistent. But uh, since uh, Boudreaux has uh, been the coach, he's been much better. Along as long and Brock Besser, who's been better since uh, pretty much everyone everyone got better since the coaching change. So, yeah, uh, I have Connor Garland just because I thought he was really good, but he didn't have the greatest season. I just thought he was really good at the beginning, and then like they moved him down the lineup, and then like he wasn't doing go- so good. They also have Mikheyev and Bo Horvat. I think they have a, a decent forward group there. As long as Besser can get to that, stay healthy and get back to that 30 goals that he should be able to score consistently and Pedersen can take that next, next step, then yeah, definitely. And if JT Miller can just keep being JT Miller, like Vancouver Canuck JT Miller, they're going to be really solid. Their top four defense is looking, I don't know, kind of questionable. They have uh, Quinton Hughes, who's a solid offensive defenseman. They have Ekman Larson, who's getting paid a lot of money, but he is still a solid defenseman. He played very well for the Canucks last season. Even If you could just look past the money, he's a solid defenseman. And so is the next defenseman, Tyler Myers. He makes a lot of money. He's solid, but not great. He's solid. I, I don't even know if he's that good, but he's big. He's very, very big. 
And then Luke Shen, who's actually been a solid Vancouver Canuck. So much so that I was jealous and I wanted him to become a Leaf, but that didn't happen. So anyway, uh, their tandem, though, is uh, Thatcher Demko, who is a fantastic goaltender. And they have uh, Spencer Martin, I think they're going to go with. He showed flat. He played a little bit last season, not very much. Uh, he showed flashes that he could be a very decent goaltender, and well, he's going to get the shot to be the backup this this season by the looks of it. Uh, cap cap space, they don't have any cap space right now, and I think they're going to make the playoffs, man. I think they're gonna they're they're gonna hop over Vegas. They almost fucking did it last season. They just barely missed. Um, if they just made that coaching change a little bit earlier, who knows? They they probably would have made the playoffs because they were fantastic with Boudreaux. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to make it this season. There you go. I'm going to go with the three Canadian teams and one fuck in the Pacific Division are going to make it. Yeah, can you tell I'm a fucking Canadian homer a little bit? Don't worry about it. All right, let's talk about the next team, the Seattle Kraken. Out, they got uh, Yarn Croak, Victor Rask, and Daniel Sprong are out. They were meh players. They're kind of like, I don't know, mid- I wouldn't say middle six, but they were middle six players i guess for the kraken that's why they weren't very good but they did make some decent additions they added burakovsky and bjorkstrand those are two solid goal scoring i mean bjorkstrand could very well score 30 for them this season and burakovsky could get like 50 to 60 points for him so that's two solid additions for the offense that was struggling mightily last season and they also drafted shane wright could he make the team this year i don't know if he's going to make it right now but he very well could and then they also added Schultz, uh, defenseman, and Martin Jones, the goaltender. Their top six is looking... I don't know. They got, like, just a bunch of players, man. They got a whole bunch of players. They got Jordan Everly, Bjorkstrand. Matty Beneers could take the big next step this season. We'll have to wait and see. He played pretty solidly for them last season. Yanni Gord could play is going to play a full, healthy season, so that's good. He played pretty good as well. Burakovsky and Jaden Schwartz. Another guy that just really struggles to stay healthy is Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, I don't think he's played a full healthy season his whole career. Correct me if I'm wrong. Their top four defense is okay. They have uh, Dunn, Adam Larson, uh, Jamie Alexiak, and their new addition, Schultz. It's okay. I mean, Dunner is pretty good. He's pretty solid. He had a pretty good season last year. Adam Larson is... Mm, he's he's fine. He's okay. Alexiak is a massive beast. And Schultz should add some decent help. Should help their... Excuse me. Their power play. That was an atrocity last season. Oh, boy. Their tandem. So, I got a little bit of beef with this guy. Grubauer, a.k.a. Pooh Bauer. Fucking drafted this guy last season. He completely sunk my whole fantasy league season because he was such a terrible goaltender last year. He's absolutely abysmal. They signed him last second, the Kraken, last year. And, uh, yeah, it hasn't paid out for them so far. And their other goaltender, um, oh, I'm trying to think of his name, the one that they got from Florida, uh, Chris Drieger, is going to be out, I think, for the whole season as well. Uh, He didn't play good at all last season either, but, um, yeah, he's going to be out which sucks, but they did add in Martin Jones, who played fine, I guess, for the Philadelphia Flyers, better than he played for the San Jose Sharks those last few years where he couldn't get over a 900 save percentage. Uh, We'll have to see what happens. It could be an absolute fucking disaster, though, because the goaltending was so bad for Seattle last year, which was really surprising because I thought their defense was good, but uh, I don't know about that one. Their cap space, they only have $1 million, uh, but that's not including their injury reserve money that's there. So, yeah. I think they're going to finish se- seventh. They're going to make a little bit of an improvement, but not too, too much. That all depends if Shane Wright's going to make the team this year or not. I don't know. And if um, if all the new additions actually pay off, 
we'll have to wait and see because they're not they don't have the strongest center depth so i don't know if burakoski is going to play as well as he did in colorado bjorkstrand could i think he's going to be solid because he played solid in call in uh, columbus and they had no centers so maybe if he gets to hook up with Wright or veneers he could score 30 35 goals we'll have to see and nope we got two more teams so san jose sharks i don't i oh, okay let's just get into them out they lost brett burns obviously malak uh dolan leonard and balsers uh, i'm not i do not follow the sharks very much so i don't know how good these guys are i, I know rudolph balsters i think he was a pretty popular player there but the rest of the guys other than burns i'm not really sure what the fuck they were to you i'm sorry uh, new additions, they added Nudavara, Matt Benning, I think it's Matt Benning, Luke Kunin, I think that was a good addition, they got Oscar Lindblom from the Philadelphia Flyers, the poor guy that had cancer and they fucking bought out his contract and released him, like total douchebags, but whatever, they added Sturm and Lorenz, so they added quite a few guys, not a lot of big names, I think Kunin could be a good addition, he's still pretty young, has some potential there. Top, top six is looking, uh, it's looking okay. I mean, Couture and Hurdle and Meyer are, are three really good players. That's a solid line right there. If if those three players, I don't know. That's Couture and Hurdle are both centers, but Meyer and Couture or Meyer and Hurdle, that's a good combination right there. Kunin, LeBlanc, who is on injured reserve, and Barabanov, who they got from the Leafs, who was actually playing pretty decently for them last season. I was, I was like, of course. Well, any fucking Toronto Maple Leaf that gets traded away plays pretty decently. Uh, top four is looking like Mario Ferraro, who is a pretty underratedly solid defenseman. They got Eric Carlson, who's making a shitload of money and playing not that great, but not that bad. But the amount of money he's making is an atrocity for how he's playing. Anyway, they got the Pickle, Vlasic Pickle, who's making a shitload of money as well and not playing as good as he used to play. Uh, Merkley is the last one that I wrote down. I don't, I don't know if he's any good. I think he's, I don't know if he's the young one, but anyway, their tandem is James Reimer and Kakinen, who they picked up from Chicago. That could be an okay tandem. I just don't think they're going to be a very good team. This, the San Jose Sharks are in a rebuild, but they just won't admit it. I just wish they would admit that they need to be rebuilding right now and they just won't do it, which is really bad. So they could accidentally walk ass first into the first overall pick and think that they're competitive but they but they're not i think they're gonna be eighth in this division i think they're gonna be dead last i think they're gonna be going into a rebuild whether they like it or not because they're gonna be trash this season that's what i think i'm sorry james reimer you're probably gonna get injured or something because you usually do and kakinen's just not gonna be able to carry the load all right and the anaheim ducks who i think there's a potent there's potential for this team but as of right now let's just talk about them how they are right now but i'll talk about the next thing out they lost Sonny Milano which is still questionable to me they could very well still sign him because they have a fucking shit ton of salary cap they also lost Ryan Getzlav their longtime captain to retirement and they lost Sam Steele who was a young player that just didn't develop properly in the Anaheim Ducks system so he's gone uh, in they added Ryan Strom which is pretty good I think they're paying him a little bit much but like I said they have so much money it doesn't even matter they added uh, Frankie Vetrano, who I think is a very solid pickup. They added John Klingberg, who is another solid pickup. It's only for one year, but could very well get them into the playoffs this season. They also added Colin White, which is pretty good. I know he didn't have a great ending there in Ottawa, but he had flashes where he could potentially be a 30-goal scorer. So who knows? This guy could, with a new change of scenery, could pop off. And then, of course, they got fucking Mason McTavish, who... 
I, I think without question, I think this guy is going to make the lineup. And then with him and um, Trevor Zegras on this team, they, they could be the most exciting team to watch this season. At least one of the most fun ones to watch. So their top six is looking pretty decent. I like it with um, Zegras. I'm saying McTavish is making it. Don't even with me. He's making the team. Vetrano, Stramboli, and Terry, and Henrique. I don't know who the fuck Stramboli is. I don't think that's uh, what I wrote down. I, don't, I think I, that one got autocorrected. Yeah, I think that one. I don't know who the fuck Stramboli is. <laughs> anyway, they have uh, Troy Terry, who had a really solid season last year. As long as he can... I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate that, but he very well could. Their top four is not bad. Uh, it's actually not too bad. They have Cam Fowler, who's very solid. He's a very solid defenseman. They added John Klingberg, which is going to add a lot of offense. He should... I don't know if I think he'd probably take over for Shattenkirk on that top power play, but uh, yeah. So John Klingberg is a is a good um, upgrade on Shattenkirk, even though Shattenkirk is still there. I'll talk about him in just one second, but we got to talk about Jamie Drysdale first. He's a high draft pick for the Anaheim Ducks. He could very well pop off and become that top four, top two, maybe defenseman that they're hoping he becomes. Very, we'll have to wait and see. And then they have Shattenkirk, who was a monster at the beginning of last season he was destructive and then like i don't know if they i think he was on the top line he was doing fantastic and then they moved him down he was doing not so good so i don't know what the fuck happened there but he's still there he can still put up some points he's still a solid power play option and their goaltending tandem i i like this tandem john gibson and and jake uh, jake i don't know stallars stallars had a really solid season last year man i think they should play him more and Gibson always starts the season really fucking hot and then drops off. So I think if you're able to have Stallars take more of the load in the end, uh, they could very well get into the playoffs because they have $18 million in cap space, dude. They had $18 million. They could still do a lot of damage with that. They can add in some bad contracts and uh, still solid players. Like they could have gotten Max, Max Pacioretty and added that. Uh, things like that. There's still a lot of options. There's a lot of teams that are probably knocking at their door like, oh, can you take some of our bad deals? And Anaheim's like, no, we want like eight first round picks, McDavid and Matthews. And they're like, well, geez, that's just way too much. Um, I think they're going to finish sixth, but they very well could steal fourth place uh, if they do something with that cap space. Because if you don't remember last season, they're actually in a competitive playoff spot for like good like i don't know if i'd say the first half or the first two-thirds of the season they were in it man they were in there they were doing quite well and then like gibson had his drop off or he got hurt or something and uh yeah everything just kind of fell apart but uh they had a really solid season last year considering that they're they're supposed to be really really bad and they, i think they overperformed last season so now with all these new additions of uh frankie vetrano and uh, John Klingberg, that's going to add a lot of extra offense. Yes, they lost their captain and uh, gets left, but I think Zegris is going to uh, maybe step into that role and become more of a, of a vocal voice in the locker room. That'd be very interesting to see uh, because he had such a really fucking fun season last year. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I think we do have enough time that we can actually do the other Western Conference, so we might as well go ahead and talk about the next conference. All right, let's do the fucking Central Division then. Let's start out with the St. Louis Blues. So they had uh, a few big uh, subtractions from their team this year. They lost David Perron and Billy Huso to the Detroit Red Wings. So how do you guys feel about Detroit stealing some of your better players? And they also lost Lindgren. So 
David Barron is a very, very good top six forward for them. Very important. And Huso really helped them out there when Bennington was uh, struggling. So those are pretty big losses. But uh, they did add in a few guys. They added in Noel Achari. Josh freaking Levo is still out there. Former Lee. Thank you very much. They added Thomas Grice, Highmore, and Martin Furk. Uh, Martin Furk, he has one of, like, probably the hardest shot in the NHL, but that's about all he can do. The top six is looking pretty tasty. They got Ryan O'Reilly, Jordan Cairo, Tarasenko, as long as he still doesn't want to be traded, should still be in there. Bushnevich, who had a great season. Braden Shen, who needs to stay healthy. And uh, Robert Thomas, who just signed a big new ticket. He's a very, very good player as well. One of the better passers in the league, in my opinion. Top four is pretty solid. They got Tori Krug, Justin Falk, Colton Pareko, and Marco Scandella. That's a pretty decent looking top four. I know people were uh, a little down on Pareko last year, St. Louis fans, but I think he's a very, very good uh, defenseman. I know we've heard rumors of Pareko and uh, it's connected to the Leafs. I don't think it's it's like real. It's just something that the Leaf fans really want because he's a big right-handed shot defenseman. Uh, Justin Falk is a pretty damn good defenseman, man. Like, I know you guys lost Petrangelo, and you, you replaced that with Tory Krug and Justin Falk, and, but I think Falk is a very solid defenseman, man. He's got a bomb, too. He can, he can put up the points. He can put up the goals, too. They're tandem, so they lost Huso, but they added in Grice. So, Bennington and Thomas Grice is your tandem this year by the looks of it. As long as Bennington can stay in that playoff form and not, like, get too unfocused about like swinging his stick at players uh, I think he could you know bounce back and have a really solid season like a whole season but Thomas Grice backing him up that's a pretty decent backup right there don't know what we're going to get out of Thomas Grice if he's going to be like the old Detroit Red Wings or if he's going to go back to that New York Islanders I think he'll fall somewhere in the middle I think he'll be solid in St. Louis don't have a lot of cap space left they only have like six hundred thousand dollars left and I think they're going to rank second in the central division i still think they're a very very good team they're top six their forward group is very strong their defense is very solid and like i said as long as bennington can stay in form they have a nice goalie tandem as well so i can see them still having a very nice season oh boy let's do the arizona coyotes okay they lost a few guys uh phil kethel as they could still re-sign him but right as of right now he's walked Anton Strahlman, Alexander Galchenyuk. I'm a little surprised he didn't re-sign with Arizona. I don't know if Arizona just decided not to re-sign him or Galchenyuk decided to walk. But uh, it doesn't look good for Galchenyuk, man. He didn't put up a very good performance there in Arizona. He was a decent uh, bottom six-ish forward for the Leafs. He looked okay, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with this guy. If he's going to go to Europe or if some team's going to pick him up. Uh, Louis Erickson also gone, and Anton Roussel, so they got even more fucking cap space, losing those guys. Uh, some additions for this year, they added in Cassian, Bugstrand, uh, Nemeth, and Troy Stetcher. So uh, a couple forwards and a couple defensemen added in there, nothing too special. <laughs> Their top six is looking a little light. They got um, Clayton Keller, who's good. Schmaltz, who I think is really underrated. Like, he is very good when he's healthy in the lineup for Arizona he's damn good man like hell yeah Nick Ritchie who they had from the Leafs last year he didn't perform very good for the Leafs but he had a pretty good little run there for Arizona so we'll see what he could do in a full season with them Lawson Krause who sound, signed a big bigger uh, ticket recently we'll see if he can have a 25 maybe a 30 goal season we'll have to see about that one Andrew Ladd still kicking it over there and then I have Zach Cassian also cracking the top six because yeah they don't they do not have a lot of good forwards here top four is looking not 
much better. They got Shane Gossesbear, who was like their top, one of their top point getters last year. I think he had a pretty solid season for Arizona, considering how, like, what happened to him in Philadelphia. It was dominant, and then he just kind of fell off the face of the earth, and now he's kind of getting it back in Arizona. So he's fine over there. Jacob Chikrin, he's been all over the place for Arizona. I don't know if this guy's going to get traded. I think they'd be crazy to trade this guy. He's a solid young defenseman. Like, I don't know why they'd want to trade this guy. He could very well be, like, the next captain of this team, but that's up to them. They seem to be wanting to keep him now, but we'll have to wait and see what goes on with that one. Patrick Nemeth and I think his name is Dyson Mayo. I don't know who Dyson Mayo is, but uh, I think he's going to possibly crack the top four. I think he's a younger defenseman. Excuse me. Their goaltending tandem does not look very good at all. They have Vimelka, who like showed flashes of brilliance last year, but he's only one man. He can only do so much as the goalie of the Arizona Coyotes. So he's solid, but uh, yeah, he's not playing in front of a very good team. And then Gillies, they added from New Jersey. He sucked last year, so he's probably not going to be much better here in Arizona. Uh, they have a shitload of cap space. They got $20 million in cap space, so they're going to have to add some things, I think, to hit the floor. Uh, so I imagine lots of teams are calling them, hoping that they can take on some of their shitty contracts. I just imagine that the price is going to be a little bit steep, more than likely a first-round pick, because that seems to be the value of uh, taking on a shitty contract. So I think Arizona is more than welcome to add those, but they're going to be looking for that first-round pick. But yeah, they're going to finish last in their division, eighth. That's what I got them ranked as. It's going to be close between uh, them and Chicago, but Chicago does still technically have Kane, who's a superstar still, so I, I, I have them edging them out, but not by very much. Okay, the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, man, what is going on with the Winnipeg Jets, man? Like, very, very disappointing season last year. They, they got rid of the coach. Uh, the new coach, I think it's Lowry, did okay. Not not amazing. He didn't. He wasn't able to turn the whole team around and get him into the playoffs. But with a full season, we'll see what he can do. Uh, they lost some players this year. They lost Paul Stastny, who just signed with Carolina. They lost uh, Evgeny Svechnikov, not the one from Carolina, but. He was, uh, I don't know, man, I always thought he would be pretty decent. I think he was a first-round pick, like 11th overall. He just doesn't seem to have, have made it. I thought he, I think he could still be a solid bottom six forward in the league, but uh, he hasn't. He doesn't have a home as of right now, I don't believe. And uh, one of the weirder ones, they did lose Eric Comrie, who had a really solid season for them in, back, in the backup role last year. They uh, let him walk. I don't know if he was asking for too much money, but I think uh, that was maybe a mistake because he's a pretty damn solid goaltender. Uh, he may he may have been looking for like a starting role, so who knows? I don't know if he just walked because he didn't want to be a backup anymore. He thinks he could be a starter. And the only addition that they added in the offseason was big save Dave, uh, David Riddick. He's going to be their new backup in net. He has been struggling mightily over the last few seasons. You know, he had his little big save Dave moment there in Calgary where he looked like he was going to be a pretty solid backup fringe goaltender. And uh, then I think maybe he bashed his head into the wall too hard and maybe knocked some of the talent out of his head because he hasn't been very good since Calgary. Their top six is still solid on paper. I just, uh, I think there's more to the Winnipeg Jets than just what the team is on paper. I think there's a lot of voodoo, a lot of bad vibes in the locker room. There's something going on there. But their top six is still Mark Scheifele, uh, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, Nicholas Ehlers, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and then I threw in Adam Lowry, even though I think he's more of a third-line center, but I think he's a very solid player for them. Uh, Kyle Connor could very well score 50 this year. He's an incredible goal scorer. Not enough people talk about him. I'm a big fan of, of Kyle Connor. And uh, Nicholas Ehlers, I think he missed uh, quite a bit of time last year, but he's a dynamic forward. He's very, very good. 
Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois only signed the one-year deal, so I don't know where his head's going to be at this year, if he's just going to be... More, like, apparently he rescinded his trade request. He said he never said that and, and bullshit like that. Why would you sign a one-year deal then if you, if you don't plan on being traded or one out? So... I don't know about that one. Uh, regardless, he's probably still going to be good for 50 to 60 points. He may be able to hit 30 goals, 30 assists, something like that. Uh, Shifley started out the season last year pretty weak, but he's usually good. Like Except for last year, he was close to point a game, but he's usually good for point a game. Uh, but between him, Shifley, and Wheeler, man, like that defensive side of their game is very, very lacking. Um, yeah, and Wheeler is getting older. I don't know if he's going to take a dip, a more so of a dip in his offense. He took a little bit of a dip, but I think this year it could be uh, way worse. Their top four is okay. It's got Josh Morrissey, Schmied, Pionk, and Dylan. That's an okay one. Like, Morrissey's a pretty good defenseman. Kind of reminds me of, like, the, a Morgan Riley of the Western Conference. He's, like, very solid. He could put up some good points, but, like, is he that bonafide top two defenseman no i don't think so i think he's a very good top four defenseman on like a contending team schmied had a, a better year than he did uh, with vancouver so i think he's still a very solid defenseman so pionk I, I really like i know he's not the strongest defensively but he can put up some good points and dylan is a solid defensive defenseman their goaltending tandem is Halabiak. Halabiak is still one of the best goalies in the league. He struggled a bit last year. He wasn't able to carry the whole load and drag them to the playoffs. He very well could this year, um, but I don't. I don't know if it's going to be enough. Just Halabiak. I think I, again. I think it's more about the locker room situation going on that's going to drag this team down a little bit. And backing up, Halabiak is going to be big safe. Dave, obviously, uh, they do have some cap space. They have $6.2 million to play around with, so they could make some additions still in the offseason. But I'm recording this, like, on, let's see, what is the date? I just have to get my mouse to turn on. There we go. It's uh, the 24th of August, so things change. Uh, they change, but as of right now, they have $6.2 million. And I have them ranked sixth in the division. I don't think they're going to have a very solid season at all. I mean, I know they have Kyle Connor, who is amazing, and Shifley, who's very, very good offensively, and Ehlers, who they very well could bounce back. Like, I had a really hard time uh, picking outside of the top two teams. Like, that three, four, five, six spot, it could go either way. I'm just picking the ones that I think. Like, it could be totally wrong, absolutely. I don't doubt that I'll probably be wrong, but I don't see the Winnipeg Jets sadly making the playoffs yet again this season. I think they need to do, I don't know if they need a full rebuild teardown, but I think they need to move on from Wheeler, get him out of here, and um, maybe just do a little bit of a retool, get some decent draft picks, because this, this year is going to be a very strong draft, so maybe you can add a very solid young forward to the lineup and see what happens. But yeah, don't have them making playoffs this year. I'm sorry, Winnipeg Jets fans out there. Next, let's talk about the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they lost uh, a couple big pieces there. They lost Cam Talbot and Nett, and uh, they also lost, obviously, Kevin Fiala to the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, that is a massive blow to their offense, in my opinion. Uh, Kevin Fiala was very, very effective for them last season. He was great on the power play, just a great top six forward for them. And, uh, yeah, I think losing him... Uh, it was. It was. They knew it was coming because of the buyouts of Parise and Suter. They knew that last year was a go for it year, so they went for it. And they knew that, you know, this season and next season for them is going to be a little bit of a struggle because they got to have a pretty big cap recapture penalties, which is going to hurt them for quite a bit. But um, yeah, I still think they have a pretty solid team, man. They they lost a couple big pieces there. Yes, one in their top six, and a very solid one uh, A one B goaltender. 
And they didn't really add too much. They added uh, Nick Patan. They added goaltender Philip Gustafson from Saint, uh, no, uh, Ottawa Senators. And they added Sister in on the back end. So I think that's, you know, pretty good. He's a Sister is a pretty decent top six defenseman, more of a defensive defenseman. Their top six is still untouched, except for Fiala leaving. I still think it's pretty good. Uh, Kaprasov, Kirill the Thrill, he is absolutely dynamic. One of the best forwards in the league right now. Uh, he teams up very well with Matt Zuccarello. Those two as a pair have been fantastic. They got Marcus Foligno, who is just the heart and soul of that team. Ryan Hartman, who had a really good season last year. I don't know if he's going to be able to re, re replicate what he did last season, but if he can turn into a consistent 25-30 goal scorer, wow, that would be an amazing pickup for them. Joel Eriksson-Eck is a very, very good uh, two-way center. And Matthew Boldy, I, I was very impressed with his little run there last season. I think he's going to make the top six for sure this season. Uh, he's a very good young forward. I think he's going to uh, possibly fill in for that Fiala role, and I think he's going to do a very solid job, honestly. I can see him hitting 50 to maybe even 60 points. Their top four is looking all right. They got Jared Spurgeon, Spurgeon, whatever you want to call him, one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. He's very solid. Matthew Dumba, one of my more favorite defensemen in the league because I just love a guy that can fucking crush people with a big hit. I loved him when he was playing for the World Juniors back before he got drafted. I wanted him to be a Leaf so bad, but yeah, Minnesota got him, whatever. He's been in, you know, lots of trade rumors between the defensemen of the Minnesota Wild and the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last few years. Got Jonas Brodeen and Middleton rounding out that top four. It's a pretty nice top four. I don't know very much about Middleton, uh, sadly, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm guessing he's pretty solid. They're tandem and net this season. They're going full out with Mark Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson. Gustafson didn't play very well for this for the Senators last year, but they didn't play exactly great in front of him per se. So I think the Minnesota defense and team in front of in front of him is a lot is better than the Senators team of last year, quite clearly. And, um, yeah, with a full season of Marc-Andre Fleury, they're not going to have... I think they're going to miss that little bit of an inside competition between Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot. Talbot didn't want to be a backup or a 1B to Marc-Andre Fleury. He believes that he is a starting goaltender, and I agree with him. I think he's a very solid starting goaltender in the NHL. Cap space, they do have a little bit of cap space. They have $4 million to play with, so they may still be able to add something. Maybe a Phil Kessel gets added into the team. Who knows? There's still quite a few decent players out there to be picked up. And I have the Minnesota Wild ranked fourth. I think they're still going to make it into the playoffs. I still really like this team. They're, uh, they're a fighting team. They got Marc-Andre Fleury. They're going to do everything to get into that. Kaprasov, thank God he made it back to the United States. He and Zuccarello have been dynamic, and I think Boldy's going to take a big step this year. He's going to be a very solid forward for them, very effective forward this season for the Minnesota Wild. So I expect them to be making playoffs this year, Minnesota Wild fans. I'm with you. I, I am a fan of the of this new Minnesota Wild team ever since Kirill the Thrill came in. I'm very happy that the Parise Suter era is over because that was a very long and boring era of the Minnesota Wild, I must say. Oh, I'll take a drink of coffee because I think I deserved it. Mmm. Mmm. Ugh. I had I tried to record the whole podcast last night, but it got too late. It was like 5.30 in the morning. I was like, I gotta go to bed. I'll just record the rest of it in the morning. So sorry that this is coming out a little later than you guys are used to, but don't worry. It's still coming. It's coming. All right, let's talk about the Dallas Stars. They're an interesting team. 
They lost um, Alexander Radulov, left the team this year. He was, he's been with them for quite a while. Uh, hasn't been doing as good as he has in, in recent years, but he is getting older. So, yeah, his offense has started to drop off. But he's gone anyway, so I think he's going back to Europe, but I'm not 100. I don't think anyone signed him. They also added Raffle. I believe he is a bottom six forward. Or, sorry, no, they lost Raffle, who was a bottom six forward for them. Braden Holpe, he's still undecided if he's going to be retiring or playing. It sounds like he's going to take a year off by the sounds of it. I don't know why you would want to do that so late in your career, but or you might as well just retire. But I'm not Braden Holpe, so you do you, dog. Uh, they also lost Sakara and, of course, John Klingberg. So a pretty big hit there to their defensive core losing John Klingberg he's been a big piece of their defensive core for quite a long time but they did add in one defenseman they added in Colin Miller so that is a a stopgap for the for a replacement for John Klingberg but they also added in uh Mason Marchman from the from the Florida Panthers which is an underratedly very good pickup for them he he is a wrecking ball out there he's a little bit he's just he can hit, he can score, he can fight, he's that kind of player, so I think he's going to fit in very well with the Dallas Stars, so obviously, so they're going through a coaching change, uh, they're, they're trying to go more offensive-minded this time because they have been struggling for quite a long time now to score goals in the Dallas Stars system, and uh, they're, they're really desperate to try and get Jamie Benn and uh, Tyler Sagan going again because they're paid very, very handsomely for the Dallas Stars and they have not been producing very well at all for the last few seasons. So they really, really need those two to get going. Their top six looks pretty decent. Uh, the only problem is Robertson is still technically a restricted free agent. He does not have a contract yet. I don't know what's going on with that. If they're going to be able to get that done before the season starts, I really hope so because he is arguably their best forward on the team right now. They have Jamie Benn, Mason Marchment, Rupe Hanks, who is a very solid goal scorer for them. He could very easily hit 30-plus goals this season. Tyler Sagan, and the old man that just won't stop, Joe Pavelski. I'm a big fan of Joe Pavelski. He is dominant, but like I said, yes, he is getting old. He did not take a dip in offense at all last season. He had a very strong season. He's been playing very well with um, Robertson and Heinz centering that, that younger line. But um, yeah, as long as he doesn't take a dip, which I don't know if he will. He very well could, but he's a very, very strong competitor. So I don't know if he's ever going to slow down. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty nice looking top six as long as like I said if Jamie Ben can just get a little bit of that fucking goal scoring back and I don't know what's going on with Sagan he's been going through a lot of shit a lot of uh, injury problems so if Sagan can get back to that point of game player you know Dallas could be could be in it could be in it for sure their top four defense is uh, looking like uh, Miro Haskinen who is one of the better defensemen in the league I'd say top 10 defensemen in the league right now still quite young could still be getting better we I, I have no idea how what the ceiling is for this guy he's he's already incredible uh, Lindell is a pretty solid defenseman they added in Colin Miller and of course Ryan Suter rounding out that top four defense it's pretty good I mean Heskinen is very good Lindell is pretty good i think he's paid a little little handsomely but i don't know if he's he's not that bad colin miller is a solid uh defensive defenseman i believe and Suter was actually pretty good uh considering he's still he's quite old but he's still a very solid uh defensive defenseman over there so yeah their tandem and net is a little questionable right now so they don't have ottinger signed he's still a restricted free agent well, they have not seen him play a full season in the NHL. He did get into quite a lot of games last year, and I thought he played very well. 
And on top of that, they added on Scott Wedgwood, who again, like I think they added him last season as well. And he played very well. I think he's been in with the New Jersey Devils. I mean, not a lot of goalies look good in, with the New Jersey Devils over the last few years, but he played very well last season for the Dallas Stars once he got there. So uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a 1A, 1B situation. Possibly Wedgwood's going to play a little bit more than you think. That's what I think, because he, he played very well. Uh, they got to get Ottinger signed, man, because, woof. But they ha they only have $10 million, so I don't know if that's going to be enough to sign Robertson and Ottinger. I don't know what these guys are looking for money-wise. And term-wise, I think, is where the problem is. I don't know if they're uh, being able to agree on term. Because to make this work, I think, in a perfect world, they'd like to sign Robertson long-term, because he's already shown that I think he's arrived. He's a superstar. So I would like to see the, him get the eight-year deal and maybe... Ottinger get the the bridge deal like a two to three year deal I just don't know if Ottinger is that interested in something like that maybe he wants just a one year show me deal and then he can get paid paid but I think Dallas Stars may have to make another trade or something to free up a little bit more salary cap to get these two signed because they're very very important to their team this season especially Ottinger because if they don't have Ottinger then they're just going with Wedgwood and I don't know who else would be their backup there so uh, it might even still have Hudobin. I don't know if Hudobin is still kicking around there, but yeah, he might he might end up playing. Uh, for rank, I think they're not going to make playoffs this year. I think they're going to just miss. They're going to hit fifth place. Um, I, you know, with um, all depends on Robertson signing. If he signs late and you know starts late, misses training camp, starts like a few weeks into the season, that could really hurt uh, him. You know, getting a slow start to the beginning of the season, and if they don't get Ottinger signed, it could be a rough season for them. Uh, they're losing, you know, the, with the new coaching system, that's my concern is like, I don't know if it's going to work. Not every time a team gets a new coach, it just fucking works right away. Not every coach just turns it all around for them, but they have potential, man. Like I said, like they could very well easily make it into the playoffs. Uh, it's, it's going to be close. Like, I think this is going to be one of the more competitive divisions because that third and fourth place spot could go to pretty much anybody except for Chicago and Arizona so I think it's going to be a very competitive and interesting division to keep an eye on this season all right let's move on to the Nashville Predators uh leaving their team this year was Luke Kunin which I thought was a pretty decent young player there but he's gone Big Save Dave is gone and Matthew Benning is gone they did add in a couple of nice pieces they added Nino Nidaraya the the Nino Everyone got a fear, El Nino. I think he's going to be a very good addition for the Nashville Predators. And uh, I think everybody maybe uh, forgot this one a little bit. They did add Ryan McDonough to that uh, already very strong uh, defensive course. So that is a very solid pickup. They also added in Leonard St Sanford. Uh, Leonard, I think, is a depth defenseman. I'm not sure. Sanford, bottom six forward. And Lankinen is a goaltender. They added from Chicago, I do believe. Uh, he had, Lincoln had a couple little flashes there where he looked like he could be something decent in Chicago, but last year, of course, was a disaster for pretty much everybody in Chicago except for Kane and Brinkat. but, um, yeah, I think he, with that, with that very strong defense, he could be a very solid pickup for the Nashville Predators. Their top six is um, interesting. You know, we're gonna they're gonna have to bank on Duchesne and Ryan Johansson having solid seasons like they did last year. I believe that Duchesne could do it more so than Johansson, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. So they have Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, who is who could if he could just have one full healthy season, he could easily hit 40, 50 goals. 
Mikhail Granlin, pretty underrated player. I really like him. They got Nino Niederreier, Ryan Johansson, and Tanner Jeannot, who was just fantastic for him last year. Just a little wrecking ball out there. He did a little bit of everything. Hitting, fighting, chirping, scoring, fucking everything, man. I'm a fan of this guy, this kid. He's a very solid forward. I think he's going to crack that solid spot into the top six role. Top four defense, you got the King, Roman Yossi, almost had 100 fucking points last year as a defenseman. Absolutely insane. Do I think he's going to hit that amount of points again? Probably not. I think that's going to be a career year for him, but I could still see him hitting like 85 points. Uh, Ekholm, very solid, underrated defenseman there in Nashville. They got Ryan McDonough and Dante Fabro. So that's a pretty nice-looking top-four defense. McDonough's still going to have a bit in the tank there. Yeah, he's, he's older, but he's still solid. I think he's going to give you a very solid season this year. Their tandem is UC Soros, who was just excellent last year. Sadly, he got hurt right at the end of the season, which totally fucked over their playoff run, but... Or their chances at even competing in the playoffs. They were up against the Colorado Avalanche who just slaughtered them. But if they had Sorrows in that, they might have gotten at least, you know, close to winning a game. But yeah, not so not so close. And of course, they got Lankinen in there for the backup goaltender for UC Soros. I think that's a solid backup goaltender right there. Cap space remaining, they have $2.3 million. So they have they have enough money to do something there. If they wanted to add in another forward or something, they could go ahead and do that. And rank this season, I think that the Nashville Predators are, are a solid as team. They're hard to play against. Very strong defensive team. Good goaltending. I think they're going to be third place this year. I think they're going to jump up just a little bit. And uh, I think that, you know, uh, with another full season of Janot, he's just getting a little bit better. And as long as Duchesne and Forsberg, or uh, Duchesne and Johansson can keep up that production that they did last season, I think they're going to be very solid. All right, just two more teams, so let's get Chicago over with. A ton of exits for the Chicago Blackhawks this year. They're absolutely just burning it down to the ground. Okay, let's get this one going. DeBrincat is out. Gone to Ottawa. Brett Connolly, gone. Lankin and gone. Kirby Dock, gone. Dylan Strom, gone. Brett Kubelik, I think his name is Brett Kubelik, gone. DeHaan, gone. And Delia, all gone from the Chicago Blackhawks. My, 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 who was even left on this team? Well, they did add in a few pieces. So they added in uh, Anthony Seyu, Max Domi, which is an interesting pickup. We'll see what Max Domi is able to do. They recently picked up Jack Johnson, which is okay. Peter Mrazek and Alex Stalock will be their new goaltending tandem. They... Oh my god, that is a scary looking tandem right there. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Their top six forwards are not looking very good. They do still have Kane and Taves. I don't know if these dudes are both getting traded this season. It really looks like Chicago wants to do everything to get them out of here. Try and convince these two, like, yeah, this is not for you. You don't want to be here anymore. This team sucks. So... I can see uh, Kane getting traded and them getting some very solid value back for him because he's still a very, very good player. They can easily eat some of the cap off of one of or or both of these contracts. They are capable of eating some of the contracts of these guys. They both only have one year left, so I don't know who's going to take them. Taves might be a little bit more tricky. You might have to send them off to send him off to a team and, and rather not get very much back or... You might just be better off to let him play out this season because I don't know what you're going to get back for Jonathan Tays. I don't think he's got very much value at all with that massive contract. Even if they eat 50% of it, I don't know how much value that holds. So, They have Tyler Johnson, Max Domi, 
Blackwell and Anthony Sayu rounding out their top six. I don't know who's going to fit into that top six. It could be other dudes, but those are the ones that Cap Friendly has listed first. So those are the guys that I picked. Um, yeah, I don't know how good that's going to be. Domi could have a decent season, but um, yeah, top six does not look very good at all. Top four defense, a little bit better than their forwards. They got Seth Jones, McCabe, Caleb Jones, his brother, and uh, Stillman. So yeah, not a very good uh, defensive core at all there in Chicago. Jones had an okay season, but you know the underlying numbers didn't look very good for him, and he's just starting off that massive contract, the $9.5 million deal. So yeah, they're going to be stuck with that for a very long time. Good luck with that one. And their tandem in net, like I said, is Mrazic and Staylock. That is going to be a fucking disaster. Uh, Mrazic very well could have worse stats for the Chicago Blackhawks than he did with the Leafs last season. Uh, I'm not expecting a very good performance out of either of those goaltenders. I'm sorry, Mrazic. Cap space, they do have $7.5 million. Like I said, they can, they are, they do have enough money to eat some of the contracts of Kane or Taze if they decide to trade them. And they could also add in a bad contract, maybe two, if they wanted to, to try and get some more cap, uh, get some more uh, picks for the draft. Who knows? I have them ranked seventh. Yeah, I think that they, like I said, I think they edge out Arizona just because they have Kane and Taves. But if they lose Kane and Taves, then they're, they're dead last. Dead last. All right, and last but not least, your defending Stanley Cup champions. I saved them for last because I think it's pretty obvious they're going to be first in their division, in my opinion. Even though they did lose quite a handful of guys, obviously they lost Nazem Kadri, which is a huge blow. Jack Johnson's gone. Their starting goaltender, Darcy Kemper, is gone. He is off to Washington. They lost Burakovsky to Seattle. Marco Sturm is gone, and Abe Kubel is now a Toronto Maple Leaf. Thank you very much. We'll take him. So yeah, those are some pretty big uh, forwards there. Sorry, I got some coffee thing in my mouth. Uh, Kadri is a big blow. You know, he put up 80-plus points for them. He uh, was he slid into that top role when McKinnon was down and, and did a fantastic job at filling in for McKinnon when he wasn't in the lineup. Burakovsky, that's another pretty big blow for them. That's a 20-goal scorer, 50-point guy, effective on their power play. But they're a deep team, man. They're going to have guys that are going to move up into the lineup I don't think they're like yeah they're gonna miss these guys but I don't think it's gonna affect them very very badly that they're gonna fall down to like third or fourth place or anything like that not very many additions they added in Sedlak and they added in goaltender Gorgiev from the New York Rangers so that's gonna be your new starting goaltender Colorado Avalanche we'll see how that one works out uh you know everyone's been saying that Kemper wasn't the one that won them the cup he's not like the greatest goal they won the cup without amazing or or even like great goaltending they just had solid enough goaltending and they got the cup I think uh, you know uh, Gorgiev didn't have a very good season at all last year with the Rangers but uh, you know now he's going to get a shot that he's been looking for so I think he's going to be able to get it done he'll be solid enough and if not they have Francois back there who's good as well top six forwards still looking very tasty Got Nathan McKinnon, fucking Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, Nakushkin, Arturi Lekkinen, and I'm going to say that Newhook is going to be the new second-line center. He's a younger forward. I think he's going to get a shot at that second-line center, but it could very well be someone else. Uh, I don't know. Top four, oh my goodness, they got Kale McCarr, who is arguably the best defenseman. Some people are even calling him the best player in the NHL right now. I don't know about that one, but best defenseman in the NHL? Yeah, I can get behind that one. 
Uh, he's paired up with Devon Taves, who that is just uh, one of the best, if not the best tandem uh, pairing in the NHL. That is such a nasty one-two right there, or just pairing. They also have Samuel Girard and um, Josh Manson, who they added last season. Uh, they still have Jack Johnson as well. Their, their defense is very, very solid. I don't know if, if um, uh, Eric Johnson is going to stay with the uh, Colorado Avalanche, but... Um, We'll have to just wait and see. They do have some cap space. They have $3 million left over, so they could still do something with that $3 million. There was no way they were signing Kadri with that $3 million, but um, yeah. And then their goaltending tandem is going to go... They're going to go with Gorgiev and Francis. I think that's a solid, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe like two 1B goaltenders going in there. Uh, Gorgiev can very well become a 1A. And I think Francis could become a 1A if he could just stay healthy. Like, when he's healthy, he's a very solid goaltender, but he just gets hurt all the time. And, of course, I'm ranking the Colorado Avalanche first in their division. Um, St. Louis could give them a run for their money, but I think Colorado is just going to be riding that high. They had a very solid run to the playoffs. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy, but they did have, they did walk through a couple of teams. So it wasn't the hardest playoff run that we've ever seen. I can see them having a very dominant season as well. And it would be nice to see if Newhook could... Uh, break out into that second line center role that'd be very good for the Colorado Avalanche so what do you guys think what do you guys think where do you think that uh, these teams are going to rank like I said the central is pretty tight like um, Nashville Dallas and um, Winnipeg they very all well could make the playoffs you know any one of those teams could slip out and one of them could enter I just I just like Nashville the most I just think they have the most they just know what team they are more so than the other ones like they know that they are defensive minded they're tough they hit they fight good goaltending Dallas is trying to find a new identity trying to figure out how to get some offense going and Winnipeg just seems to have a lot of locker room and chemistry problems going on over there so that's my reasoning for them maybe not making the playoffs this season so dying to hear what you guys think uh how do you think the west is going to play out do you think vegas is going to make the playoffs or not me personally like i said i'm not picking them to make playoffs i think vancouver may be able to squeeze it out just because that that loss of leonard is a massive blow and if you know if eichel doesn't become eichel ever again that's going to be really really bad for them so yeah I'm dying to hear what you guys think about the predictions. The next video, I'm going to do my Eastern Conference predictions, so that'll be next week. Uh, we'll save the best for last. We'll do our Leafs and everybody last. Calgary Flames fans, how do you guys feel about the Nazem Kadri deal? Do you think that's going to be good? How do you feel about that seven-year deal? Because, I mean, seven years is going to take him until he's like 38, 39 years old. I don't know how effective Kadri is going to be that late into his career, but it's all about winning now, right? So... Calgary being, I would say, a contender-level team in the West still, even though they lost Kachuk and Goudreau, I still think they're going to be contenders out of the West. They just got to get by those fucking Edmonton Oilers, and, um, you know, it's it's a battle of defense versus offense. You know, Edmonton's got that nasty offense, got mcdavid Seidel combo, and Calgary's got that amazing goaltending and a fantastic uh, defensive core that I think is one of the best, if not the best in the league. Like, they're right up there with Carolina and stuff. They got a very, very good defensive core. So let me know what you guys think, uh, who, where everybody is going to place. I have my predictions, so you guys can make fun of me and tell me how wrong I am and stuff. Make sure you go down to the description of this. There's some links down there you guys can follow. You can uh, go follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you if you follow me on Twitter, you get some inside scoops on podcasts and my YouTube channel and what's going on with that. I also put up a few videos of my trip 
uh, to the WWE Monday Night Raw that I went to this week. So there's some videos up there of that. I may throw up some more because I have a whole bunch of videos. It's just, uh, uh, they're longer videos, so you can't put them up on Twitter. You have to, you can only put like 45 second videos up there. So yeah. Uh, if anyone's interested in some of the videos from my Monday Night Raw trip, I'll try and toss some of them up there if anyone's interested. And, of course, you can go down there and check out my YouTube channel. I did throw up a um, Edge's uh, speech that he gave the crowd after the cameras went off. So you can go over there to my YouTube channel and uh, see the heartfelt speech that Edge gave us. It was absolutely beautiful. I'm so happy I got that recorded. So I tossed that up on the YouTube channel. You can go over there and check out, check out what, he sa- what he had to say to the Canadian fans. It's pretty interesting what he had to say. Uh, so go over there and check that out where I'm also doing Disco Elysium over there. I'm having a blast playing that game. It is so fucking fun. I love playing it. It's such a funny... Very funny game. I'm enjoying myself very much. So go over there. I'm uploading videos every single day over there. So go over there and get yourself uh, started on some Disco Elysium. I also recently finished Resident Evil 7. Hands down, the scariest game I've ever played. So go over there and check out my playthrough of that. I scream like a little baby. And there's also the email is down there if anyone wanted to toss me an email for some reason. If you wanted to give me a whole bunch of millions of dollars or offer me a very well-paying job for a media host or something like that, you can go ahead and drop me an email and that is going to do it for this video this episode not video this goddamn podcast this audio podcast there's no video don't even get me started but uh yes next week we'll do the eastern conference predictions and uh hopefully i don't know who the hell else is gonna sign and um yeah i hope you guys have a fantastic week and are, are having a fantastic week it's hump day so hopefully this podcast gets you through another rough day at work i love you guys thank you so much for listening and i will see you again soon